It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, what's up? It's your Wednesday episode of Locked On Raptors. Sean Woodley here with you, as always, for a solo game recap episode from last night's 110-106 Raptors win over the Miami Heat. And boy, oh boy, we're going to talk about Gary Trent Jr. Is he kind of secretly saving the Raptors season with the heater he's on right now? We'll also run through some box score notes. The starting five continues to look fantastic. And we've got the dude of the game to hand out. That's all coming up on today's episode of Locked on Raptors. Oh, like, because when I shot, I expected to make it. So, like, I don't shoot kind of miss. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. going on welcome to episode number 1109 of locked on raptors for wednesday february the 2nd i'm your host sean woodley of raptorshq.com you can find me on twitter as always at woodley sean you can find the show at locked on raptors on twitter as well and of course you can subscribe to follow rate review tell a friend whatever it is to support the podcast you'd like you can do that on all your, all your favorite podcast apps for the low low price of on the house and you can go over to youtube and subscribe to the locked on raptors youtube page as well and it's very much appreciated and as always a big thank you for making us your first listen of the day all right on today's show your toronto raptors have won three games in a row four of five in this stretch of eight games against very meaningful eastern conference opponents really really good run from the raptors right now and gary trent jr has of course been a key cog in that 33 points for him again over 30 and over five threes for the fifth straight game. We're going to dig into Gary Trent Jr. And my big takeaway is really kind of all about him. Plus, we're going to run through some box score notes. I'll you know, offer some thoughts on the starting lineup and how things have gone. We'll talk about Scotty Barnes, where he fit in last night, the bench contributions they got. And we will wrap up, of course, with the dude of the game, as we always do on these Game Recap episodes. I should also note... This is not the only episode of the podcast you're going to get today. Later on in the afternoon, I'm going to drop a bonus trade deadline previewy special type thing with Corbin Ford, who is a wonderful NBA podcast with the Round Ball Ramble podcast, Duncan Dynasty, and he is a Spurs man as well. And so we talked about some potential fits between the Raptors and Spurs when it comes to trades. The Spurs got a lot of interesting guys who could help the Raptors out. And so that is going to be your bonus episode later on today. Keep an eye out for that. But let's dive in here. So my biggest takeaway from last night's win over the Miami Heat. 
Really inspiring stuff, once again, overall from the Raptors. An incredible second half, 60-44. to 44, They outscored Miami in the second half after looking very rough in the first half defensively in particular. And a big reason why they were able to come back and win this game is Gary Trent Jr., who is not only right now on one of the greatest heaters we've ever seen a Raptors player go on. I mean, DeMar DeRozan, of course, the record of 30-point games in a row was tied. Uh, it is DeMar's record, was DeMar's record. Now it's DeMar and Gary Trent Jr.'s record, but the 33 that Trent put up last night. And yes, it's historic within the Raptors' historical context and all of that, but it also is just kind of season-saving. I actually think what Gary Trent Jr. is doing right now is helping to you know really change the tide for this Raptors team. You know, we talked five games ago, coming into this stretch against the Hornets, the Hawks, the Bulls, and the Heat times two, this was going to kind of be the deciding factor of what this season was going to be all about. The deadline's coming up next week. These are eight games against pretty good or very close to them in the standings, Eastern Conference teams. The Hawks are on a run. The Hornets are just ahead of them. They're tied in the loss column right now with the Raptors. And we know what the Heat and the Bulls have been all about this year. This was a really important stretch that was going to test the medal of this Raptors team. And they have passed with exceptionally flying colors. A lot of close games, a lot of close wins, which is really cool to see. They're not just blowing these teams out and coasting. It would be nice if they could do that once in a while, I suppose. But the fact that they're able to win these tight games, shut things down in crunch time, really kind of ratchet up the defensive intensity and also find enough offense late in games to keep rolling has been really, really encouraging. And Gary Trent Jr. has made it all possible with his shot making. You're seeing... A lot of these teams throw a ton of attention towards Fred VanVleet and Pascal Siakam. Fred seeing doubles. I mean, the Heat were sending two guys his way last night routinely and betting that he couldn't get the passes over those traps. And in a lot of cases, they were right. It was a pretty tough playmaking game, I thought, for Fred, despite him having six assists. He did have three turnovers. It wasn't like a bad game necessarily, but it wasn't quite his typical sort of, you know, refined, very low mistake type basketball. And it's because the Heat put him under a lot of pressure. Pascal Siakam is seeing tons of attention every time he drives. The Heat really, really seem worried about him and are collapsing down around him. We saw it again against the Heat, or the Hawks on Monday too. You know, Siakam's finding his way. He's grinding his way to buckets here. He's getting to the line, but it's been really difficult for him as teams are collapsing down and daring him to pass out or try to make con contested tough floaters in traffic. And so Gary Trent Jr. is just kind of roving around as this red, scorching hot ball of magma who is really benefiting from the gravity of Siakam and Van Vliet in particular, and just benefiting from, I, I think, a pretty healthy looking starting five for the Raptors right now. And it just, you know, the shot making, who knows how long it's going to sustain. He's not going to do this all season long, you would think. You know, it, there's going to be variance. He takes a lot of threes. He doesn't get to the rim a ton, although he got eight free throw attempts last night, which was kind of awesome. We'll talk about his drives in a sec. But, you know, the fact that he is on this heater at this present moment where you're looking around the Raptors. Fred Van Vliet is banged up with the knee. His shooting is kind of dipping. He's down to like a 56.5 true shooting percentage, which is still pretty good considering the usage he's carried. And he was, but he was around 59 all season long. So he's certainly slipping efficiency wise. And you can tell it's because he's so damn tired. He just looks like he needs a nap. I hope today Fred Van Vliet is napping for basically the entirety of the day along with the rest of the team. You know, Pascal Siakam is putting in so much energy defensively, which we're going to get to in a sec, but my God, he has been all defense level there. And even though he's come up against some pretty grimy defenses that are making him work and really kind of forcing him to, you know, scrounge his way to, you know, 20-ish points, 
you know, it, it's he's getting exhausted. Like he's he's trying hard, but the, that trying hard is coming at an expense. And so having someone like Trent, who is fresh, who is sprightly, who is able to just kind of take the reins and bail them out in a lot of possessions where things get sticky and ugly, it's been remarkable. And then you can just run stuff for him apparently now too. You know, the real sort of, you know, punch in the mouth of this game was in the fourth quarter when Gary Trent Jr. checks in with about six minutes left and he cans two threes right away in P.J. Tucker's face. P.J. Tucker, not exactly a defensive slouch. The first one he tries to flop and get a charge call against Gary doesn't work. Gary drills a three. Next one is even more contested right in Tucker's face and it goes down. And when those shots go in, it's like, it's pretty hard to beat this team. He then goes to the line, I believe, as well on a on a fouled three point attempt too. So like he just is racking up the scoring accolades. He is racking up the I think the affection of his teammates with the way he's on this heater. You know, you run the risk, I suppose, of the faucet sort of turning off and the heat check no longer being sustainable. But for now, ride it out because with how tired and overextended this team is, you can have a guy like Gary Trent Jr. carry you on your back for five to ten games over the course of a season. That's the type of thing that gets you to the postseason. That's the type of thing that helps you survive an 82-game grind. And you would hope that after this week, which is super condensed, maybe they get a little bit more rest time, a little more practice time. The deadline comes around next week. Maybe they can add a reinforcement or two. And then you get into the back part of the season kind of refreshed. Maybe Fred's load comes down a little bit more and you can get that knee some work or you know some time. To, you know He's going to be at the All-Star game, which is, I, I suppose, not exactly the most restful thing in the world. But there will still be some off days there to come up as well this month and you know it really is not a stretch to say that without this stretch from Gary Trent Jr. the Raptors offense is not good enough to win any of these games recently and then you're looking at a team that's what 23 and and, and 26 22 and 27 whatever it might be and maybe you're not looking at the deadline as an opportunity to add to this team maybe the optimism about the vision and everything is not quite there so just absolutely essential stuff from Gary Trent Jr. You know, I, I am skeptical that it'll maintain at this level because no one shoots six of 10 from three every single night, but he seems to be doing it. His current assist or sorry, three pointers made to assist ratio over the last five games is 31 to seven. Like, give me more of these 30 and then like one assist and one rebound lines. They're super fun. He's got no conscience. It's fantastic. I have no problem with it because you're getting contributions for everybody else in those other stat categories. It's just super, super exciting and thrilling and it just it makes you feel when you're watching these games to watch Trent do what he's doing. Whether it's sustainable, I'm a little less, little less sure on that because, you know, he's not getting to the rim super well. When he does, his drives are like molasses and they're kind of fun, actually. And he's just sort of looking for contact, which I suppose as counters go, I mean, Trent has shown an ability to, to find counters to what teams know he's going to want to do. You know, the mid-range has been a part of that, obviously. The the step-back game has been part of that. And maybe this sort of slow, barreling drive game that he's kind of worked on the last few games here, maybe that can be an actual recipe for him to pick up four or five free-throw attempts a game and really kind of help augment his efficiency to prepare for when those threes come down. I need to see more of it before I believe that's actually a staple of his game, but it's encouraging to see him at least trying. And it's cool that the Raptors are just kind of clearing the way. Honestly, it seems like everybody's so exhausted that they're like, okay, thank God, please, Gary, just go score for us, please. And he's doing it, and it's awesome. And it really, I think, has helped change the tide of this season and I think has really set the Raptors up nicely here. If they can add some reinforcements, which they should be doing, they're 26 and 23. They are five and a half games out of first place in the Eastern Conference. Like, 
Why not? See what can happen. Other teams are hurt. The Nets are losing games. The Cavaliers are injured and thin, even though they keep on winning. Like there is potentially a chance to grab a six seed here still, even though there's a little bit of a gap and you're behind the Hornets. They've beaten the Hornets recently. I think they're probably a better team on the whole than the Hornets when they're fully healthy. And again, all of this is possible. All of this sort of dreaming for the second half is possible because Gary Tread Jr. has, I think, not, it's not hyperbolic, hyperbolic to say that he has helped save the season with what he's done recently. And it's just the coolest freaking thing in the world. He's the coolest player alive, the most suave dude alive, the most unconscious dude alive. And I frankly can't watch to can't wait to watch Gary Trent Jr. play basketball again. We're going to continue on here in just a second here, and uh, we're going to dig into some box score notes, talk about the starting five and how they continue to progress, and uh, hit on a few more things from this win over the Heat. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Prize Picks, who are the ones who have made daily fantasy easy, and you're going to love it. You should really, really try them out. It's easy to use. You pick two to five players in an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is safe, and it offers fast withdrawals, and you can use their award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. And Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from points scored to rebounds, even steals. You want to put some money down on Justin Champagne getting more than one rebound, offensive rebound? You can go ahead and do that if you really, really want to. Prize Picks also allows for mixed sport entries. So if you are a you know a football and a basketball fan, you want to have some money on the big game, and you also want to you know get, root for one of your guys to get over twenty points in a game, you can certainly do that as well and mix those entries. Any and Prize Picks doesn't just offer NBA. I should say they have options on the college basketball slate, college football, NFL, MLB, soccer, MMA, and more. For a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive, exclusive no-brainer offer for an for all of the users of the site. Users get fifty dollars for free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point. That's all you need—a single point—and you get fifty free bucks. They're basically giving you money. So. Go and use the promo code NBA at Prize Picks. That's right. It's an exclusive offer to locked on listeners. Sign up today and use the code NBA for 50 bucks free. If a player in your Prize Picks entry scores a single point, Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Go and check them out. And today's show is brought to you by our friends over at TurboTax. People with unusual circumstances often feel like tax time can be frightening. I am one of these people. I have lots on the go because I'm a freelancer, baby, and I live on a life on the edge of the knife, I suppose you could say. And that makes my taxes very, very confusing and difficult and complex. And I feel like I'm missing refunds at every turn, but not with TurboTax because TurboTax is here for those of you with a unique life. Everyone has a unique life. We all have our own special circumstances and TurboTax is tailored to help you get through those circumstances and get your refund up. Luckily, TurboTax has experts who can answer your tax questions. They can walk you through the whole process, or you can think you can even do your taxes just from start to finish for you. They help you get every deduction you deserve, no matter your unique situation. And you can talk to a TurboTax live expert through your phone or computer without leaving your house. TurboTax live experts are here to help you however you need. And if you need an extra hand, hands, hand your taxes off to them. They'll do it all for you. To TurboTax live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. So go to TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing. They've got your taxes. Into it, TurboTax Live. All right, let's continue on here with your first listen of the day here on Locked on Raptors. And let's just run through some box score notes from the Raptors win over the Heat. Again, up to 26 and 23 on the season of 1-4 of 5. 
They are currently now, uh, let me just pull up these, the efficiency landscape here. I had it and then I lost the tab because, boy, do I not know how to keep track of my tabs. Uh, the Raptors now currently are sitting at the 14th best offense in the league at a 110.7 clip and a 109.8 defense, which is still 16th. I feel like the Raptors have had a lot of good defensive games in, in a row and they continue to just be at like 109.8 defensive rating every single night. It seems like they're on their way up. They've been making slow incremental progress there. And if they continue on, like they're only like a point out of the top 10. So they should... I think be able to climb there considering how they're playing recently and considering the sort of heights their defense has reached. If every game was just a third quarter, they would be the best defensive and offensive team alive, which is pretty cool. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, you know, just kind of running through some thoughts from this game, you know, Pascal Siakam, pretty difficult offensive game for him in this one. Again, a lot of attention, a lot of, you know, just sort of dudes and arms and limbs kind of around the basket. It's been a tough go for him on those floaters recently. I'm not terribly concerned. He had a lot of big shots in this one as well. Hit a huge three in this one from the corner in the fourth quarter when I believe the Raptors went on a 10-0 run. He also is playmaking really well and more importantly is defending like the best Raptors defender is just unbelievable right now. He switched on to Bam Adebayo last night after Scotty Barnes was having a lot of trouble with him and was incredible on Bam. He's just so like deceptively strong. You'd think because he's kind of stringy and mobile and finesse-like on offense that he's not like a brick shithouse on defense. But guess what? He is, and he's just around the rim nonstop looking to swat guys away. Like He's just been everything for this Raptors team, and everything is falling on his lap to kind of clean up any messes that appear. And he's done a really good job with it. You know, the second half in particular last night, the first half was rough for the Raptors on defense. You know, Barnes, I think you know, was getting kind of cooked by bam. And there was just a lot of breakdowns where the back line of the defense was not quite there. And Pascal, I suppose has something to do with that as well, but he felt more like the sort of guy who couldn't clean up all. He doesn't have three hands to clean up all the messes at one time. And that was kind of what happened in the first half. I thought the second half he was outstanding and he's just been so, so good. And the floor for him is just so high because yeah, maybe the offense is not there. He goes five of 14. It's a bit of a struggle for him efficiency wise, but he again, grinded it out, got to the line seven times. And the fact that he's defending at such a high level, like he is a positive force on the floor, no matter what he's doing right now on the offensive end, which is really, really awesome because his offense has mostly been incredible too. He's been great. You know, Scotty Barnes, I think we can kind of talk about in this one as well. Barnes was kind of, you know, stop and start. There were some moments in this game where I felt very comfortable with, you know, when they were kind of searching for a bucket and they tossed it into Scotty. I was like, you know what? That's a pretty good call. I feel like really good about him getting a shot off whenever he wants. He hit a big mid-ranger early in the game that I think kind of kept the Raptors in touch when the Heat were out, out to a good start. Um, and, you know, it, it was, you know, kind of a mixed bag because, again, on defense, it wasn't amazing at all times. He's still... I think really improving as as far as it comes to sort of like center duties and the way you kind of got to play when you're a center, especially on defense. Again, Bam was a tough matchup for him, which is weird because he was really good against Bam on Saturday. So, you know, I guess it's a one for one share of the of the wins there for those two guys. But yeah, I, I think Barnes continues to still be kind of searching for his role within the starting five, I suppose. Like it feels like he has the least defined role of anyone in the main five, but I'm not having any problems with the way he's playing by any means. So yeah, he could be a little bit more efficient, but I, I think I'm happy to sort of, you know, let him cook and throw him post-ups and see if he can, you know, take, you know, take advantage of matchups. You know, he had Duncan Robinson on him a couple times last night, did a really good job with those opportunities. 
I'm totally fine with the way Scotty Barnes is playing. And I thought last night he he worked really well. He played 42 minutes. My God, he's played a lot of minutes. And, you know, I think his defense got better as this game went along as well. His backline defense, when he wasn't so tied up in guarding Bam, he got a lot better. And his rebounding, too. You know, he had nine boards, uh, seven defensive rebounds. That's going to be a big thing for him, right? That's going to be the determining factor. The Raptors' rebounding numbers with the starting five are not good right now. As of right now, that lineup is rebounding at a 69.1% clip which is or defensive rebounding at a 69.1% clip, 47.7 overall rebounding percentage, just a 22.9 offensive rebound percentage, which is well below where the Raptors typically hang out. But still, doesn't seem to matter because that lineup has been cooking lately. Over their last three games played together, they are a 108.9 offensive rating, 99.3 defensive rating, which is very cool. Uh, you're seeing those numbers kind of come back around, and their overall season split now. Two days ago, they were a minus 5.9. They are now a minus 0.6 after the last two games. So the starting five is working. Scotty's still kind of figuring out his role within it, but he has been excellent. And you would think as like Gary Trent Jr. calms down, that maybe we'll get like a Scotty heater or something like that, where he kind of takes over a bigger share of the offense. That feels like it's what it's going to be, right? Like Fred and Siakam will get their looks. The rest of the three guys might go in waves as to who the kind of next option is. Right now it's Gary for very good reason, but there certainly could be a world in which Barnes becomes more of a focal point of the offense going forward here. And I think it's just going to kind of be like a, you know, who, who's hot that week type of thing. And that's a totally fine way to live. Um, as far as the bench goes, you know, Precious Achua, what a fun player, man. He's terrifying. <laughs> like, he'll touch the ball, and I'm certain something bad is going to happen on offense. And then, oh, he hit a three. Or, oh, he made a really nice drive and made a nice little dump-off pass. Or he made a nice high-low feed in the zone. That's really fun. Obviously, things go haywire quite a bit. But last night, not really the case. 12 points, 5 of 7, 2 of 3 from downtown, which is massive. And, you know, I, I don't know if they're really going to sort of continue to mind this pressure that you a three-point shooting thing. But... Why not keep seeing if he can do it? The stroke looks clean. He's only shooting 28% from the from the floor from three this season. But I mean, keep on doing it. I don't really care. It's it's working for me. And when he hits those threes, it's a total game changer, like it was in the fourth quarter when he hit that really, really big one late in that same run as Pascal's three. That was just really, really essential stuff. And so yeah, pa Precious Achua has played really kind of like again, he's he's up and down on offense, but overall he's been pretty consistently reliable and has been part of some pretty good lineups for the Raptors. He's really, really good when they play in those big, fat, chunky freak lineups. I guess that's the way we're describing them now. Uh, and like, I, I think he was clearly their best reserve last night. He played 19 minutes. It was great to see him really perform off the bench. And, um, you know, it's kind of nice that when the chaos element of Chris Boucher is not quite there, he had a bit of a rough one last night, just two points on one of three. It's nice that you have another guy who can bring that same kind of element in Precious Achua and succeed. And so one, you're going to get one of those guys popping usually each night, which is really, really helpful for a team that currently has five guys you can actually trust with that sort of 5.5 being either Boucher or Achua. Although Boucher has been, I think, you know, way more reliable than a 5.5. Like he's been the sixth man lately and has been very effective in that. But it's nice to have Achua for the nights where he is off because, you know, everyone's going to have off nights once in a while. Um Again, as far as like deep rotation, deep rotation stuff goes, you saw Banton get into this one, played two, uh, just uh, eight minutes, had two points, was big in that run in the fourth quarter. I think he actually sealed off the 10 0 run that put the Raptors up 80 or 90 85. It might have been the score. The scores are um, fluid in my brain. Rather way, uh, he capped off that 10 0 run with a little. Uh, bucket off an assist from Siakam on the run the way he just like kickstarts the transition game is so fun 
I don't even know if he knows what he's doing sometimes. He's just like, there's the basket. I'm going to run towards it and see what happens. And frankly, I'm cool with that. Why not see what you can do uh, when you're at full speed? <laughs> That's kind of been the whole thing for Banton. The, the reason he's become like a tangible NBA prospect is because he's ratcheted up the speed. Keep on doing it, man. Lean into it more and uh, see what kind of good things happen. There will be bad things sometimes. He'll get out of control, whatever it might be. But I thought last night in his eight minutes, he was pretty effective, even if he had a pretty meager stat line. Three assists, not bad in eight minutes of work for your boy, Delano Banton. Justin Champagne plays just five minutes in this one. You know, I, I think they, they've got to get someone in that eighth man role. I think Banton has kind of gotten himself back in at least some sort of good grace with Nick Nurse. Having someone else in that role, you know, I don't know if Champagne with Boucher and Achua and Banton all being the other guys, maybe he's not the right guy. He hasn't quite really imprinted himself on games recently the same way that he typically has this season when he's played. I would maybe see if Utah Watanabe is kind of ready for another shot at this point, you know, get some extra shooting in there. You know, it might not work, but I don't think it's totally fair that Watanabe lost his rotation job entirely when he had a couple of bad games getting back from COVID. Hopefully he's kind of recovered now. Maybe the conditioning's back and maybe he can actually get into some games. That'd be cool. I think that's kind of the thing to try next in this rotation. The Champagne stuff, Nurse just doesn't really seem committed to it, frankly. And why not try somebody else who has in the past been a tangible, positive impact player for you? You know, I, I don't think those two games after returning are indicative of what Utah actually is or three games or whatever it was. So uh, I think I'm ready for another re-up of Utah Watanabe in the rotation in place of Justin Champagne right now just to see what he does. Either way, that is my sort of run through the box score and my thoughts on the various players throughout the game. I did not touch on one guy, though. I'm going to talk about him on the other side when we get to the dude of the game. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Built Bar who make the best tasting protein bar in the world. It's a new year. And that means you're probably trying to stop eating like garbage. Uh, and as a person myself who eats like garbage a lot, I am struggling. But Built Bar has helped me to do it. And it's really helped me wean myself off of the candies and chocolates and bonbons that I had kicking around the house after the holiday season. And Built Bars are now just a wonderful way to feel indulgent without actually being indulgent. So go and check out their site. They've got tons of flavors and their average bar has 130 calories, four grams, of net, four grams of sugar, four grams of net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Just way, way better for you than your standard candy bar, which has tons of calories, tons of sugar, dozens of carbs. You don't want that at all. And so go to built.com, find the flavor that you like, maybe get a mixed box to try some flavors before you go whole hog on a big box of one flavor. There's tons for you to try out. There is a flavor for everybody. You can go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. That is the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. Go and check them out. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast. And being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. 
All right, let's uh, round out the show here with the dude of the game. And your dude of the game for last night against the Miami Heat is someone who, look, he's kind of fallen on hard times, like criticism-wise, because he does some weird things sometimes. He'll fall down a lot. That's a really a thing he loves to do. He is someone who, you know, is maybe not of, of the Raptors starters, of the core guys, is maybe the guy who has surpassed expectations the least maybe not even done that maybe he's just kind of at expectations and so even though he's clearly improved as a player and, and expanded his game and actually gotten back to being an incredible defender as well he's kind of getting the raw end of the deal when it comes to analyzing the main guys in the starting five scotty barnes is the golden boy pascal is back to all nba level fred van vliet's an all-star gary trent jr is gary freaking trent jr but you're due to the game, OG and Anobi is kind of getting forgotten or I don't want to say disrespected because that sounds too online. But, you know, he's not, I think, getting the recognition he probably deserves for what he's done on this recent run of really good play for the Raptors. Is his scoring consistently there? Not necessarily. You know, the fact that he took 1-3 last night and was 0-1 is not amazing necessarily. But he gets the due to the game for 13 points, 3 boards, 3 assists on six of 10 shooting and just some really, really exemplary defense. Um, you know, he was guarding Jimmy Butler for most of this game. Jimmy Butler shot three of 10. Yes, he was passing it around, but I think that was more on the Raptors kind of uh, maybe misreading the situation and sending two to Jimmy Butler. This was a weird one because like, I, I get the Raptors do this, right? They'll send two to like heliocentric superstars, but the Heat don't play in the same way as a typical team would with a central star, right? Like they play kind of like a warrior's ball like the peak jazz ball where it's like constant sort of off-ball stuff and actions and trying to spring guys loose and it's less of a sort of hey let's just go send two in this pick and roll to this guy and then we're going to deal with the four on three in the back end and trust our rotation like it's a very different thing and because jimmy is not a shooting threat at all this season like he's just not hitting threes whatsoever i kind of think you know maybe you just let him have the ball you stick a guy like og on him in that single face guarding and then don't bring the second defender and rather stick to guys like Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. I'm, I'm sitting here criticizing a team that's just beaten the Heat twice in three days. They know what they're doing. So maybe I'm like getting a little bit too critical here of the de defensive strategy. But my point is, OG defended Butler really well last night, 3 of 10 overall. And he's just been blowing stuff up all over the place for the last couple of weeks here now. And he, you know, was not there to start the season. Like he was pretty disappointing to me on the defensive end to begin the year. I did not love the way he was sort of budgeting his energy you know he was putting a lot in the offensive end it was clearly affecting things on the defensive end i think nick nurse even talked about this at some point very early on in the year and he is now back to being just as good a role player as you can find you know gary trent jr is being is kind of taking on this extra offensive burden it's coming at the expense of og shots for sure but with the way og is completing plays when he gets them the way he is you know commanding double teams in the post pretty frequently and passing out of those. He's not like throwing LeBron James skip passes out of those, but he's not getting too hemmed in or anything like that. He's not turning the ball over a ton. He only had, oh, oh he had three turnovers last night. But, um, you know, for the, I think the point still stands. Like he's doing a pretty good job of commanding that attention in a way that, you know, Siakam and Fred do, right? And that sets up the table for everybody else to have a third guy who's such a low down low and is really kind of carving out that space to have that element is really, really nice. And I think 
you know, he, he's he's improving. He, he's moving his way along. He's he's taking steps this season. They just haven't been as drastic of steps as some other guys have taken. And so he's kind of taking a hit. But I think overall, his defense has been fantastic. And his role within the offense, while limited, he is just a really nice secondary scorer right now. And yeah, I want him to shoot more threes than one in a game. Certainly, the Raptors taking just 26 threes against the Heat. Not really a great recipe, although they did hit 12 of them. They were 46%, so good for them on that. But I think you got to have higher volume from OG, even though he's been a little bit iffy from three so far this season, you know, not at his quite knockdown standard of 38, 39%. He's still OG Ananobi. He's always been a good shooter. I'm going to trust for regression to the mean here. That's really the only thing I would quibble with from his game last night. Not to mention the dunk he threw down on Jimmy Butler is probably the Raptors dunk of the year now. Maybe we can have a little uh, listener poll or viewer poll on this. Uh, it's either the Scotty Barnes dunk also against the heat where he got pushed from behind by Caleb Martin, or it is going to be the OG dunk from last night, the two hander over Jimmy Butler in traffic, rising up and just continuing to rise up and was just like towering over Jimmy by the end of it, almost ripped the basket down. Like the force on that was like shack level on the basket and the rim. It was beautiful stuff, and I think OG is kind of being the unsung, unheralded player on this team. I think the fact that he has drives that ended him falling down a lot are not doing him any favors. He looks awkward and clunky, and the lack of balance is certainly a thing, but the things he's doing, you know, the mistakes he's making are kind of the cherry on top of all the good stuff that he's doing is sort of the core of his being as a player, and if you're going to try some extra stuff and fail – that's fine with me because the the stuff that he's really good at, he has been really good at recently here. And it's been a big part of what the Raptors have been able to do over the last little stretch here. That's going to do it for today's episode of the podcast. Thank you as always for tuning in to the show, supporting, telling a friend, subscribing, rating, reviewing, following, etc. on all your favorite podcast apps for the low, low price of free. We're also on YouTube. Please go subscribe on YouTube if you have not yet done that. And uh, with that, thank you as always for making us your first listen of the day. You can make your second listen of the day locked on bets as your boy Q and Lee Sterling are helping you win some money either on the football that's coming up next weekend or on any other sports, really. They know what they're talking about. So you should go and check that show out if you are someone who likes to gamble on sports, which I think a lot of people tend to want to do. For the show coming up, uh, as I said later on today, we got the episode with Corbin Ford digging into some Spurs trade targets and a fake Spurs trade that I think is one of the best fake trades I've ever come up with. Again, my fake trades are good. Yours are bad. Uh, but all of mine are the stuff of genius. So stay tuned for that later on in the show. Tomorrow, I'm going to be joined by Lewis Zatzman for a fun little exercise. And we are going to power rank the various pick and roll combinations that are possible within the Raptors starting five. It's going to be some good basketball nerd shit, and I'm excited for that. So that's going to be on Thursday. We will wrap up the week on Friday with a breakdown of the game against the Bulls, and then play the Hawks on Friday. So nonstop week, and we will have you covered here. And we got the bonus episode coming for you later this afternoon as well. So that'll do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll talk to you again later this afternoon with another episode of Locked on Raptors. Bye-bye. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.